Uh, anybody want to give anything away that just really stood out to you? Now, keep in mind, Mark's gospel, Luke's gospel, and the gospel of John, as well as Matthew, deal with, all these gospels deal with this resurrection and meeting the Lord and Him unveiling Himself to the women and then unto Peter and James and the rest of the disciples. And just a, a few things that in the first few verses when it said, Now the Sabbath was passed and Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, this is verse 1, and Salome bought spices that they might come and anoint him. That just kind of just shows you very similar to the thoughtfulness of, of these women. You know, they bought spices to bring to him. That's something that none of these guys did. None of the rest of the group did, just like today. You know, men just more, more likely wouldn't have done that. Not just then, but in our modern times, it would have been the women who thought about buying spices to go and anoint his body, to go do what they wanted to do. Uh, us men would have been gathered up somewhere like they were, but the women got out and were going to do. As I was just reading through, thinking about that, that just shows you the difference in the nature of women and the nature of men. And what God was doing was bringing them to that tomb first. And then we see in verse number two, very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they, as they journey in there, began to think about what was happening and said to themselves, who is going to roll away the stone for the door of the tomb for us? Who's going to roll it away? Why? Because the, the stone was what? Big. I mean, it was humongous. It was way too big for them, and it would have been uh, too big for many people, you know, to, to move but in their mind, they're thinking that. They're thinking, they're pondering that. They have a sense of anxiety about, well, how are we going to actually be able to bring these spices and put it on his body? We're not going to be able to get in that away. And when they get there, what did they find? That stone was gone. A lot of times we find ourselves anxious about things that are out of our control that God's already taken care of. Amen. That, that He's at work doing, and we have a tendency with, with some cases to, to fret about some things that are beyond us, and this was already taken care of. As they ponder, and how is this going to happen? Who's going to do this for us? What will we do when we get there? And they get there, and the stone was gone, for it was a very large stone. Verse number 5 and entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in long white robe sitting on the right side, and it alarmed them. It shocked them. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him? Now the other Gospels tell us, that there were two, there were two angels, one sitting at the head, one sitting at the feet. And they said the exact same thing in the sense that Mark's gospel just highlights the one young man that was there. And it, isn't it neat when you think about it? 
the compassion of God, sending those angels there for one purpose, and that is to share this news with these women whom he already knew was coming. Whom he knew would need the stone rolled out of the way. For Jesus, as he was resurrected, they sitting in the tomb, there was no need. Jesus wasn't there. Now John's gospel says he was in the premises. Remember? Jesus spoke to her, Mary, Magdalene, and when she turned around, she assumed it was what? The gardener there. She didn't recognize it was Jesus. And she asked him, where did you lay him? Where, where did you put him? You see, that was her mindset is that he was dead. He has died. And if they moved his body and taken him anywhere, that would mean they had to take him and then lay him somewhere because dead people don't stand up. Dead people can't stand on their own. You, wherever you move him, you got to go lay him. See, that's still in their mindset. But then Jesus engages her and talks with her. And soon as he said her name, she recognized who it was when he said her name. Her eyes were opened up. She had the ability to supernaturally discern through through the voice of him saying her name, Mary. That's in John. Look in John's gospel. Real quick. Go to John chapter 20, I believe it is. Isn't it John's gospel that says this? John chapter number 20, verse number 11. Let's just start there. Now keep in mind, those angels, God didn't have to leave them there. There was really no reason for them to be there except to encounter these women when they came. to, To give them a word. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. As she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and one at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Verse 13. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have what? Where they laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Verse 15, And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, an overseer taking care of the facilities, the place there, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have what? Laid him. In her mind, he is dead. The last thing she knew was he was dead. Where have you laid him? Where did you take him? And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is simply saying teacher. Jesus said, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say, isn't that a good word? Go to my who? My brethren. brethren. Go to my brethren. Go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and what? 
who's my God is your God, who my father is your father. We are brothers. Brothers, brothers, brothers. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her, verse 19. And then the same day they go on, but none of them, they didn't really believe her, did they? They mocked her and laughed at her, but something in Peter said, I need to go check this out. So Peter takes off to run and go see what was, what was happening. But Peter was the one who was in the lead of that. He was the apostle to the Jews. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. And so if we go back and look at Mark's gospel in chapter number 16, we pick up right there where he, he says we're, we're carrying... Mention that in verse number six, he says, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. So they went out quickly and fled the tomb for they, what? They trembled and were amazed and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. I mean, news like that has an effect on you. And it, it, it affected them. It had an impact upon them that they trembled at it. They went back to go tell, but they didn't mention any of what they had seen until they got to the disciples and told Peter. Verse number nine now, when he arose early on the first day, which is, that's what? That's taken us, that's taken us back. He's already rose. He's just saying, let's go back to this picture. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him, and they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and they, and had been seen by her, they did not what? They didn't believe. Luke tells us they lost hope and left early. Remember those guys on the road to Emmaus? They pulled out and left. Verse 12, after that he appeared in another form to two of them as they walked and went into the country and they went and told it to the rest but they did not believe them either which is those, I believe those two guys that he's referring to on the road to Emmaus, which Luke's gospel deals with. Verse 14, later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he what? Rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, go in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And he goes on and gives this list of these neat things that would affirm 
the gospel in their meeting with him. And verse 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. Lord working with them and through them and validating their message with those accompanying signs. That was the point of the signs, was to validate and authenticate the message. Could be. Look over in Luke's gospel. Let's look in Luke's real quick. Look in verse number 1 of chapter number 24. Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing the spices which they had prepared. Remember, they bought them and prepared them, but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Now see, nothing in this tells us they were concerned about the stone. Mark's gospel tells us they was concerned about the stone. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek to live it among the dead? He is not here, but risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. And they, based on the prompting and the revelation of these angels remembered his words. Oh, just the compassion of the Lord sending those, those angels to just bring a word to them, to comfort them, to help them, and point them to what God had already said he was going to do. Announced his birth and announced his resurrection. Did. Did. Through the comfort of the scriptures. Verse 9. And they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene. What is that one's name? Joanna. Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman who, what was her name? Salome. Who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales. And they did not believe them. They didn't make sense to them. They thought they was filling them with lies. Make believe. Verse 12. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves. And he departed, marveling to himself what had happened. And then we see those guys that Mark mentioned on the road. So just a neat thing. And something that we don't want to forget before we, we go, you know, none of this has happened by accident, did it? Amen. Not one ounce of it. Not one step has ac happened by accident. We just want to remember that as we read these Gospels and read about Jesus' ministry and His mission and the message that Mark's given us and the rest of them have. We've got to remember that God has orchestrated 
God has calculated and God curated every step to get himself to this earth in the form of a virgin's womb to bring about the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of himself. Every step of it, God calculated. There was not one time did God have to alter or reconsider on whose lineage and the line from Adam all the way to Mary was all curated and calculated by God of that lineage. That's why we find in the scriptures on numerous occasions where it says that that Levi or Jacob and Isaac and even the seed of Jesus was in the loins of Abraham. God worked that out all the way through history. You think about Abraham. Abram was a Gentile just like us. So he was. But it wasn't by accident that God called him and took him and chose him. Inside Abraham, before he even knew who he was, was the seed of the Messiah. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. You can't get away from that. And he worked all that out, all the way down the line. And never had to say, well, I need to change it here and I need to alter it here. I need to do something different here. No. He ensured all the way through that that seed, that line would work to right where he wanted it, right when it was the, um, the fullness of times that he himself would be clothed in the womb of a virgin supernaturally to bring about the work of the cross and his resurrection in our life. Amen. To him be the praise. Amen? Amen. And he does the same thing with us today. Everything is very well eternally calculated. And we want him to orchestrate it. And we want him to lead us in believing that he can and does. And that he shows us great compassion even in our ignorance. As with each one of them who had walked with him. Who he kept telling over and over again that he was going to die. And be raised the third day. And they were clueless on it. And then he left messengers to remind them. Of what he already told them. And then they remembered. Oh he did say that. And we get to see his glory. Yeah. Yes. They didn't want it because Peter actually fussed at him for talking about that. For having to go through things that he didn't deserve to have to go through. Try to turn him around on it. And Jesus said no it's a must isn't it. That's right. Amen. Anybody want to add to it before we go? God is so good. That's a good way to close it. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you tonight. We bless you. We give you glory and praise and thanksgiving. We ask you to help us with these things that we will just rejoice and celebrate that, that we won't find ourselves fretting over the things that we are out of control of, things that only you can do, and that we will trust that you're going to work them out in your time and, and for your glory. Thank you for putting things in our hearts to do. Thank you for sending messages to us so that we can walk in and that we can have a good remembrance of what you've done, what you said, and what you promised you'd still do. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all.